Has anyone ever had been forced to rely on somebody that's proved to be just unreliable? I think a few of us have probably had something like that. Uh, one story that comes to my mind when I think about unreliable is uh, there was a, a restaurant that my wife and I went to when we were dating, and it was her birthday, so I wanted to make it really special, so we picked nice Italian restaurant, fancy in Riverside, not going to say the name, not going to throw them under the bus or anything, but it was a really beautiful place, uh, great lighting. Uh, it was a you know, pretty good experience. It's an expensive place. So anytime I'm at an expensive meal, depending on how good the meal is, I'll get really sick thinking like, oh man, I'm about to pay all this money, um, you know, whatever. But we get to the very end of the meal, and this is usually when your dining experience kind of unravels. But we, uh, we ask for the bill, and, uh, you know, we're just enjoying each other's company, so no big deal. And then we realize, like, man, some time, some time has gone by. So we, we flag down the waitress, and we say, hey, um, you... I, you said you were gonna get the bill, uh, not a problem, you know, would you just go get the bill, and then uh, we'll be, you know, about our way. So, a little more time comes by, and no bill. So I, I had to do the thing where I went to the, the waitress station, I found her, <laughs> and I said, hey, not a big deal, um, could we just have this bill, and then we'll be on our way, you know, we'll move along. Now this is one of those fancy restaurants where uh, not only do they do the bill, but they wanna, if you have leftovers, they wanna package them up, you know, and do that whole thing. So I go back to my table, we're waiting a little while later. Uh, they bring back the, pill, the bill with my card and we're ready to go on our way, but I say, you know, all, all we need is the leftovers and then we'll be ready to go, and she goes. Okay, about that. We threw them away. So anybody had this one before? <laughs> not very fun, but I say, hey, not a problem, you know, we'll just, we'll just head out. And she's like, no, 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 no. The chef wants to remake your meal, and so I'm feeling, yeah, hey, that's kind of nice of them, you know, so we get the, the meal again. Time goes by. <laughs> no meal. So finally, we go back to the waitress station just to say, hey, not a problem. We're just going to head out and uh, be about our night because time is flying. And uh, she says, no, I've, I've made a promise. I'm going to get this food for you. Well, two or three times later, she's coming by, and it's clear this is not happening. And so I finally said to my wife, then my girlfriend, I think we just need to leave. Let's just, let's just end this. This is so awkward. We can't, we can't rely on this person, so we're just going to head out. So again, you know, again, I'm not throwing any shade on anybody, but uh, it was one of those things where you're like, it's a waitress. You have to rely on them because I can't go get the food myself or whatever. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a silly example, but we've all had a situation where you're like, I have to rely on this person. And they prove themselves to be unreliable. There's a really cool verse, if you, if you wanted a verse that illustrates this very well, in Proverbs uh, chapter 25, there's actually, uh, Proverbs is full of uh, wise sayings about uh, different people and that if, probably if we read more of Proverbs, we wouldn't be as shocked by the way we're sometimes treated by people or people interact. Uh, but this uh, proverb says, putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. So there's, there's not two more appendages that you have to rely on daily, uh, quite like a tooth or a leg. And if you've ever had one that wasn't reliable because of whatever reason, you know it's awful when you bite into something, you're like, oh man, I thought I could depend on this thing. You stand up and you'd forgotten your legs injured. 
you know, it's just the perfect illustration of relying uh, on something. You know, if you can't rely on the person, then it's like that. Um, so the big question for today that we're going to be asking is, can we rely on God? So we started this series two weeks ago called um, When You Pray, and we're looking at Jesus' teachings on prayer. And uh, most of us, if you've prayed for any given time or you're new to prayer, uh, prayer can be both confusing and just difficult. Uh, so we want to, we're looking at in this series, where would be a starting place if you wanted to get started praying and, or improve your prayer life? And we've been looking at Jesus's teachings on prayer. And so we, we've looked so far at a couple different things. Week one, we saw that Jesus calls out two things that uh, basically can derail our prayer. One is praying to be seen by others. That's obviously going to get us off track. The other thing is thinking that we're going to be heard because of our many words. It's very easy when you're praying to go, do I need to say more or do I just need to mean it more? And, um, and that's not going to get us anywhere. God, God knows what we're going to ask before we ask it. So we can just pray. We can just ask him. Last week, we saw that Jesus modeled kind of a different way of praying than we normally do. He modeled praying God's priorities first. And this sets us up to kind of look at prayer from a different angle, putting God first really is the way we, we should operate. We're not the center of the universe. So it changes the things that we pray for. So if, uh, if you missed that, you can go back on our website, check that out. This week, we're going to continue looking at this model prayer that God, or Jesus provided us to help us as we pray. And again, this, uh, the, you know, from Sunday to Sunday, we have a different audience. Some of you have been here all uh, through all the weeks. Some of you haven't. Uh, but each one of us probably has something that's on our mind right now that we really could use prayer for. You know, maybe it's a relationship that's gone sideways or, you know, a coworker that's just, you know, you just don't know what's going on there and what would clear that up. Uh, maybe it's something at your work where, again, your, your job is in question or there's some uncertainty there, a project that's really stressful, and, you know, maybe that's what's on your mind. Each one of us has something uh, that's on our mind. So as we go through this, maybe think about that and think about what would it take to just rely on God in that area. So when we, we come to God, we really need help, and, and He provides us this teaching so we can get the help that we need. So what would happen if we relied? Say, I put a blank in there. I always got to remember to say the blank. What would happen if we relied on God in prayer? That's what we're going to be looking at today. So uh, the, the passage we're talking about today is just to continue that Matthew chapter 6. It's Matthew 6, 11 through 15. And so let's read, I'll read that uh, for us. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if we forgive other people when they sin against us, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins. So uh, again, this is a, a, a prayer that many of us have probably prayed many times before, or maybe you've heard of it uh, in some context or whatever, uh, but most of us don't take the time to think of how it's constructed. So last week we looked at three things that God asks us to pray for that are his priorities. Now we get to the good part. No, I'm just kidding. This is the part normally though that we focus on. This is the things that we pray for ourselves. So what we're going to see today is 
honing in on each one of these things is one prayer that we normally pray, the things that we need, and then two things that we also need that we don't normally pray for. So the first thing is give us today our daily bread. So he's asking us to pray for our daily bread. This, uh, as I was kind of studying through this and thinking about it, is almost lost on us a little bit. Uh, because again, everyone can answer this one in their own minds, but how many of us really worry about the next meal? Like, does anybody curious about where their food's going to come by in the next hour? You just think about that. When I was going through this, generally Valencia, Saugus, San Corita, Canyon Country, most of us don't think about our daily bread. The people that Jesus was talking to, these were day laborers. Like, pretty much everybody there would be listening to this and either going back to their job or in a situation where they don't know where the food from that day is going to come from. So when they wake up in the morning, they're ready. They have to work. It's just got, it's got to happen or else that the food is not going to be there for that day. And um, when we pray this thing, God doesn't magically just drop food on us. Like, we do have to work. You know, that's a question that sometimes comes up. People wonder, well, you know, I need food. Do I just need to pray more or do I need to look for a job? Well, the way that God's made the universe, he uses our time, talent, the things that we're good at, um, all these things so that we can work uh, to produce food. And because of that, I think we get a little... uh, little lost realizing that it's still God that's providing the food for us. But these people would have known that uh, what they worked for that day was provided directly from God because if he didn't come through, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have anything. Uh, so this can be kind of a struggle that we have coming to God, praying for the things that we need because we kind of go, well, God, I don't really need your help with most stuff. Like, I'm pretty smart, i got a good job, I have savings, um, I'm good for a little while. Now, there's this one little area over here that I need your help, but pretty much for the most part, I'm an adult, I, I've, got, I've got things figured out. So I think this is a challenge, really, that to our, our generation, our time in history, to pray uh, for God to give us our daily bread, because we often don't feel like we need his help in that arena. I would challenge probably all of us that we're in a a time of illusion. Um, We really can't see how dependent we are on God. And I think part of this is probably because we don't get out in nature enough. When you go out in nature, you see things all around you that it's very clear (laughs) that they need God to to provide for the next meal. Um, In Matthew 6, 25 through 34, he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Uh, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And I I put a picture of a bird up here just because it says bird, so you got to look at a bird here. Um, you can see it's got some sort of, uh, you know, bug or something in its mouth, and it's a beautiful picture. Uh, That bird does not look very worried. You know, the bird wakes up in the morning and goes out, and 
it has to look around and it has to work, but it finds the bug, it finds seed, whatever. But that, that bird just knows that food's going to be there. And honestly, for most of us, we wake up in the morning, we go about our day, we work, and we just know that food's going to be there. But there's an illusion that happens if we don't realize that this is coming from God. God set all this stuff into motion. Uh, the, the bird has the seed or the, or the worm or whatever the thing decides to eat that day. And we have food because it's coming from God's hand. And again, this is where we, we're living in a time of illusion is that we, it's hard to see that sometimes. The other thing uh, that often comes up when you're thinking about that is, well, I think I'm okay with my needs, but like, what about the things that I just want? There's a lot of things that, that we want in this world. What does God say about that? So continuing on in this verse in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 28, it says, Why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor, so a great king of his time, in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these flowers. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father uh, knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So again, we got a picture of uh, some wildflowers here. This was during the super bloom, what, like three or four years ago at Anza Borrego. The other picture that I had of this, you just see it's just nothing but people taking selfies out here. But it's beautiful. There, there, there is no one on the earth that doesn't walk by that and go, well, that's different. That's beautiful. Man, it's really cool. Uh, if, you've, if you've been down the 126, uh, I mean, a couple months ago, it was cool because you'd have these little patches of poppies everywhere. And it's just like, you know, it's better than just seeing just the old brown that you see. And I think this is just a small illustration that we see in nature of just the way God is. We don't have to, we didn't have to ask for this. This is just the kind of stuff that God makes. And uh, it starts with nature. I mean, and, and it's, it's in us. When you look around, you see uniqueness and beauty. God gives us talents in, in all kinds of things that just he didn't really have to do. He could have made us all like robots, pretty boring, whatever. But this is the way that God uh, creates. And so when we ask God for our daily bread, we are asking him to provide the daily needs, things that we need. But we also get all sorts of other things that God just tucks into life. He, he brings things that we just can't even, we probably couldn't put into words what exactly we're asking for. Friendships that aren't just because that person is cool, but because this person genuinely loves us and looks out for our good interests. A community, a church like this, uh, that again, we're not here just because this is you know fun for us to go to, but we're a place where we all mutually worship God together. We're interested in helping each other, uh, helping each other uh, get closer to God, but also just helping each other in life as we struggle through things or, or need things. There's all these things that God provides us. And as we pray this prayer uh, for God uh, to give us this day our daily bread, we're not just having him provide uh, you know, bread and water, you know, whatever. God provides all sorts of great things. 
And um, there's so much of life. It says here, you know, the pagans worry about all this stuff, like what they're going to wear and what they're going to eat. And what does that get them? It just gets them worry and, and, and struggle and, um, and it gets them off track. It, it, you can spend your whole life chasing after all kinds of stuff. Like we've, most of us have probably had at least one thing in your life that you've chased after and it took years, two years, three years, maybe five years, maybe a decade. And you said at the end of it, man, that really was not worth it. Um, God wants to keep us on track. He wants to bring flourishing to our life. He wants to provide for our needs. And as we rely on him, he shifts our focus away from certain things. And I, I think I, the way I started uh, this message series week one was sharing just kind of some of the struggles I've had with prayer. And honestly, I've, I've, I've over time had some times where I had just real bitterness towards God that he wasn't answering the prayer the way I wanted him to answer me. When I was uh, dating, there were many a girl that I prayed and said, God, this is the one. You need to give her to me. This needs to be the person that I marry. And through lots of different circumstances, it ended. And I, you know, sometimes was really bitter with God about that. And again, I look to my wife now and I go, not to be corny or anything like that, but it's like, I just could not imagine a more perfect person for me. And, um, and that's unbelievable because there were times where it looked desolate. And God provided. I mean, that's the beautiful thing is that God provided. And again, I, I don't ever want to uh, just make this seem easy. We're humans. So as we pray these things, there's a little struggle that takes place because, again, like we've said uh, over the last few weeks, we're not seeing everything. We are having to walk a little bit by faith. But if we're worried about what, uh, how, you know, the food that's going to come around, uh, is, is our work going to be sufficient for the things that we would like out of life? Is God going to provide a wife? Is God going to provide retirement? Is God going to provide a house? Is God going to provide all these things uh, that we worry about in life, there's, there's an opportunity here to rely on God. And I think that's the thing I would challenge us all today, is that these things that Jesus is asking us to pray are just opportunities for us to rely on him in a lot of different areas of our life. Um, so when we pray, uh, we have the opportunity to rely on him by coming to him and praying, God, give us today our daily bread. God, thank you for providing yesterday's bread. Thank you for providing the friendships that are in my life. Thank you for providing um, help when things were falling apart for me. And if you are going through a time, I mean, we do go through times financially where things are really tight or you lose a job or the savings is dwindling. We have built confidence in him that we can come to him and, and rely on him. Because again, he provides for birds and he provides for flowers. He's going to provide for us. And um, that's a beautiful thing about this, this series that we're doing is that today could be the day that you start relying on God. And we can just simply pray to him and ask for the things that, that matter to us. And as we see him provide, we're going to build a deep relationship where we're like in, in real confidence because God will come through. So those are, those are, that's the first thing that we normally are pretty motivated to pray for. So if you want, on the back of your handout, you could even write down maybe some things that you're thinking about right now that you're like, I really need to pray for that. Or, or a situation going on in your family, somebody with an illness that you need to pray for, or your work, or, or your finances, or whatever. Whatever is on your heart, 
God's open for us to pray to him for those things. Um, But normally we would stop right there. But Jesus gives us two more things. Not because Jesus felt like he needed to have six prayers in here, uh, but because there are two more things that, that, we, that he wants for us that really we should want for ourselves. Um, so two things to rely on God here. One is uh, forgiveness of sins, and the other is help with temptation. So Romans 6.15 uh, 6, through 16 says, uh, what, then, um, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law uh, but under grace? It says, by no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as an obedient slave, you are a slave uh, of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which uh, leads to righteousness. Sorry, I read that kind of funny, sorry. But um, basically, this is a a verse where uh, Paul is answering some questions about uh, people who've decided to follow Jesus and their sins have been forgiven. So now walking forward, People go, well, could I just accept Jesus, follow him, and just continue sinning? Because that sounds pretty awesome. I could, you know, get salvation so that I don't go to hell. And at the same time, I could just go on living however the heck I want. Um, Well, he says, by no means. Don't do that. Uh, Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as an obedient slave, you're a slave to the one you obey? When we, uh, we accept Christ and we decide to follow him, we're set free from the sin that binds all humans, everyone, every single one of us. And when we're set free from that, we've developed just a world of bad habits. So when we accept Christ, our life is transformed and we're now set free so that we don't have to keep going on sinning. Um, and that we're basically just doing our own thing. God offers us the opportunity to come into his family and live a different way. But I think something that happens is we've built a lot of bad habits, usually over time, just living our own way, that need to be worked out. So that's part of the Christian life, is that we're going to continue to sin, but we're not just going to live in that sin and say, well, I just like doing this, I'm going to move on, you know, whatever. That's not what following Christ is. Following Christ says, you know what, I messed up, I'm going to clean that up, and I'm going to move forward in God's direction. Um, So God gives us lots of tools to help this out. Being here at a church, that's one of them, because when we hear messages from Bruce or we're involved in a small group, we're able to hear what the Bible says on a a wide range of topics, and every once in a while, the Holy Spirit's going to, you know, ping you a little bit, and you're going to go, oh, wait, man, I've grown insensitive to this thing that God does not like. I need to work on that. I need help with that. Uh, there's things that happen in Christ's body that really help us uh, in the way of sin. But these two things that Jesus asks here are two more tools in your toolbox. So the first one, it says, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Um, so people have been forgiven. Um, when, when we've been forgiven by Christ, uh, we still sin, and God's given us the tool of forgiveness so that we can, uh, or asking for forgiveness, so that we can continually clear up that relationship with him. So when we sin, we need to recognize what, we're, what we've been doing, and we need to confess it to him. And uh, Jesus promises, or God promises us, that he's faithful and just, and he will f- 
forgive us of that sin and cleanse us of, of that so we can have a restored relationship with him. Um, so that's one part of this. The second part of this is that uh, we often run into a situation where we ask God for forgiveness of our sins, but we're unwilling to forgive somebody else for whatever they've done against us. And Jesus kind of calls that out here. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So again, we could do an entire message series just on this, because forgiveness is a big thing. But Jesus is saying, basically, that people who forgive are the people that have been forgiven. When we realize how much we've sinned against God and we need his forgiveness, there's no one that's ever sinned against us or messed with us or ripped us off as much as we ripped off God. Just by the way that we choose to do our own thing and he created us and he's done all this good stuff for us. So that's the first tool that he gives us here is one, forgiveness. So we mess up, we have the opportunity to clean up before God get forgiveness, but we also have to be aware that we need to forgive other people. The second tool that he gives us that we might not normally pray for ourselves is to pray to not be led into temptation. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And uh, this is kind of a tricky passage because if you've read uh, the book of James, there's a passage where he says, in James 1.13, he says, um, we're tempted when we're, uh, we're pulled away by our own evil desires. We're not tempted because God tempts us. God doesn't tempt. God can't be tempted, and he doesn't tempt other people. So, um, so that's tricky, because why does it say, why am I praying to God to lead us not into temptation? Well, there's a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different things that lead us into temptation. Uh, first off, we're still humans. We still live in the flesh, so we do have a tendency to move towards the things that we're not supposed to do. So, uh, again, in James 1.14, it says, we're tempted by our own evil desires. So those are inside of us. We choose to, to go, God, go away from God's way just because that's what's inside of us. The second thing is we live in a world that just by, by just normal, uh, the way it operates, does not operate according to God's ways. So if you're reading through the scripture, there's going to be often times where you're reading through and you're saying, I don't know anybody that does it this way. That's not an, ab that's not an, ab uh, that's not an abnormal uh, way to feel. So we, live, we have these tendencies that we want to do our own thing. We live in a world that doesn't do uh, God's way. And as believers, we also have an enemy that's actively trying to to move us off track. And again, we could do a whole message on just that part. Uh, but we need to be aware that these three things exist and that we have the tendency to want to be off or to be off track. So being able to pray this is uh, acknowledging, hey, I'm human. I'm going to be led into temptation. So God, deliver me from that and deliver me from the evil one, the one who would be leading me off track so that I can have the best shot at living a life that pleases God. Not because I have to not to be sinless or anything, but because that is the best relationship. That's how we have a strong relationship with God. God, uh, not sinning is not being a good kid. Or how, do I, how am I saying that? I'm not saying that right. Not sinning, God is not trying to just have us all be just good kids. 
he has a plan for us that's really the best possible life. And so when we ask for forgiveness, uh, when we, we ask him to not lead us into temptation, we're saying, God, help us because we need help to live your way. And there's a lot of flourishing that happens from this. And I could tell you lots of stories of all the times that I did not do that. Um, but these are some really amazing tools that God gives us so that we can get on his page, which is our best life we could possibly live. So these are three things. I listed them out in the handout. Three things that we can pray. One is we can ask him to provide all of our needs. And God's going to provide that and so much more for us as we ask him. The next thing is that we can, uh, we can ask for forgiveness for our sins because we know this is coming. We're going to we're gonna mess up. The third thing is that we can ask for help when we're tempted. And each one of these is an opportunity to trust God. And as we rely on God, we build the relationship. I would love to think that I could just become a stronger Christian just by reading the Bible and saying, yep, I got that one down, filling my mind. But really, we build our faith in Christ as we have to rely on Him. So it's pretty evident. I think most of us can think of something right now that we need to rely on God or we, we really could use His help. That's an opportunity for you to trust Him. So how has God uh, come through for me as, as I've practiced this? I work in a sales job. I work for a security company. So uh, my income is tied to what I sell and how well I please my customers, that sort of thing. And uh, it can be really stressful when it seems like it's a slow season. You know, is anything happening here? Uh, am I able to meet the deadlines that the customer needs to be able to get the sale? You know, all that sort of thing. So there's lots of opportunities where I've had to go to my, cu my customer with bad news that I, I can't make a deadline or I can't hit what they need to do. Well, I was going through a really, really, really slow season. And I had an opportunity with a very, very large client. Uh, it's a computer company in West LA. So they were very demanding in what they needed, but I knew our company could, could do it. Uh, we were going through a really difficult season as a company where we didn't have very many technicians. And um, this is a real challenge because I can't control almost any of that component of the outcome. And I don't like to be a salesperson that overpromises. So we had a situation where we were getting close to getting this contract and it was pretty clear that we weren't going to be able to meet the very strict deadline that this customer had. And um, I remember being very worried at my desk. Like I was thinking through all the things you think through, you know, what is this going to mean? To our family, like, are we going to have any problems financially this month? Um, is it going to mean anything for my job? You know, I need to make this sale, you know, to continue working for this company. Is it, is it going to be awful for our company if they don't make this revenue? I mean, this is a tough time. And um, I remember sitting down and having a one-on-one -on -one with the project manager, the person who actually would be in charge of getting this done. And he said, I'm just going to shoot straight with you. There's no way in the world this is going to happen. And so um, I went home that night with that in mind, and I remember really freaking out and like being really more, more stressed even than normal. And I remember praying and asking God for help, and there definitely being a weight of peace. You know, I still was, like, I, I still don't know how this is going to work, but there was some peace uh, that I experienced. And so when I got there the next day, I had maybe just a little different attitude. 
I still didn't think it was going to happen, but maybe I was just thinking, well, God's going to come through some way. And um, I sat down to meet with that same project manager that the day before had said, oh, this is not going to happen. And I said, um, hey, so let's talk again. Like, did anything change? Or, I mean, what am I going to tell this client? Like, I mean, they're just going to say, well, forget you guys. We're done. We're done here. And he said, oh, you didn't hear? And I said, what? And he said, oh, um, my sales manager had called him and they talked and they'd moved some things around in the entire company. Like they'd moved this person to this, com this project and whatever. And they made it to where we had the technicians that we needed to get started on the date that the customer needed. And it was like, it was saved. And I honestly just like laughed. I was like, there's no way that that happened. That is insane. Like that is so amazing that it worked out like that. Now again, I would normally say, well, maybe that was a one-off, but I've seen this over and over and over again. And not, it's not always that we hit the deadline either, but God usually, I mean, has always for me provided the, the resources that we needed. Maybe we started late, but the customer was actually okay with that. Or something happened in the project where we got delayed and it ended up being perfect. But God provided, and let's say, let's say we didn't get the deal. I'm sure God would have provided for our family because this is, this is what we depend on him. And we've seen over and over that we can depend on him. And because we've depended on him over time, I really don't carry as much stress as I used to in my job. Now, work's stressful. I, you know, don't talk to me. I shouldn't give this message on Wednesdays because usually that's when I'm most stressful in the week. But you know what? I have seen God show up time and time again. So this is a beautiful opportunity. If, uh, if you've been thinking about praying or getting started in prayer, maybe the thing that's on your mind is the perfect place for you to get started. Um, so we're going to kind of wrap up with a couple things that you could do to just synthesize everything that we've been talking about. If you're wondering how can you make prayer a part of your life, here's a couple things. One, make time to pray. Like I shared the first week, one of the, piece, the best pieces of advice I got on, on this ever is um, the best way to start something is to start. Start now and don't miss. So make some time to pray. And uh, I'm going to actually have some time for us to pray in just a second. So we'll get to practice this. And uh, the second thing would be when you want something uh, or need help, take it to God first in prayer. So maybe you pray, but your, your reflex isn't to, to go to God in prayer when you need something. Well, let, let's start by, by making him the first stop when we really need help. The final thing would be like, if you really need help getting this thing started, ask a friend to hold you accountable to prayer. And maybe you don't have a friend that's a prayer, but just having somebody that you can ask to ask you how it's going might be something that would spur that activity. Um, when we have our, you know, our, our, we're doing groups at church, that's a big part of what we do in the, in the group is you have a group of people where if you hear something on Sunday morning, you can... You could ask them to help you, hold you accountable for that thing. So uh, those are a couple different things. You'll see in your handout this morning, we gave a simple handout or a simple template uh, to help you pray. So if, uh, if you've been wondering, how could I put into uh, to effect all the things that we've talked about in all these messages, this would be a good place to start. So we're going to wrap up.
I'm going to give like two minutes. So the, the Lord's Prayer, if you read through it, it probably takes you 20 seconds, 30 seconds. So the, the prayer is very short. Maybe if you haven't prayed in a while, you need to get, get moving. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to give you a second just to pray, and then I'll come back up and pray and wrap us up. Uh, but again, uh, whatever, wherever you are in your time with uh, or your, your relationship with praying and depending on God, use this as an opportunity to really rely on Him. So we'll have some music, and then uh, I'll close this out in prayer. God, we thank you so much for the, just the opportunity to pray to you. Um, you made us, and you, uh, you sustain us, and you really don't need to have anything to do with us. <laughs> but you're good, and you love us, and um, I'm so thankful that you've given us this tool. I pray that we would all take it very seriously just to, to go down this path and learn more about praying. And I pray that you would uh, challenge us as we have a little bit more time this summer to pray and to, uh, to take things to you and to learn to rely on you, to put you first. And uh, God, I know that you um, come through for us. You are our shield. And um, I pray that as a church, we would just rely on you in prayer. Amen.